Alright. Go for it. Is it recording now? Yeah, I'll cut it. But it's not moving. It is moving. Oh, it is moving. So we got five beats per minute. Alright. My name's Kirby Logan. And I'm Will Cobb. And this is Cross Training Miles. This is the podcast from two Division two collegiate cross-country and track athletes. You're right. If you want to call us athletes who uh, kind of share their daily life or weekly life. It's a weekly podcast of life as a college athlete, as a student athlete, and as a Christian athlete. All of the things. Um, We're here just sitting down, talking about stuff that happens in in our everyday life, whatever that may be. So... Pretty much, uh, campus life, what we'll end up talking about mostly on this podcast is our life in between the miles. The reason why it's called cross train miles is because of the activities that we do between running, and this podcast will be a documentation of a lot of our life. So, we're planning on... Uh, posting regularly but not mandating that we post every week so we will see how that ends up going we'll obviously be talking about some races uh that we've done if you're wondering where we go to school uh that's tough look us up on tfers kirby what do we know about tfers t-f-r-r-s dot org tfers does not lie yeah so bears all so if you're wondering i'm kirby logan and i'm will cobb Look us up on Tfers. Yeah. So basically, if you're not familiar, if you if you don't cross train or you don't work out or anything like that, then uh, cross training miles may sound a little weird. But basically, if you're a runner and you cross train, you try to convert all of your cross training into mileage, so that you know, you're still kind of figuring out how many miles you ran that week. Mileage is a big deal for a lot of distance runners. It's kind of a, it can be a flex for, for runners, if depending on how much or how little distance you run miles miles in a week. So yeah, like Will said, cross-training miles, just the stuff we do in between the running, the stuff that doesn't really count as running, but it all kind of works together for the same purpose. It's just kind of who we are, running, not running, all the things. Absolutely, and we'll also be talking about lifestyle choices, but not restricted to fitness because we are people, you know, we're not just machines that input fuel, so right now I'm drinking kombucha, me and Kirby love kombucha, kombucha is the spice, if you haven't been turned on to kombucha yet, what are you doing, you're missing out, it's 2021, kombucha is a probiotic health drink, Uh, we drink various forms of it however i'm not going to indulge what exactly that we're drinking now because you know you're gonna have to sponsor us you know i'm just saying (laughs) i'm not giving out any free free sponsorships kombucha is uh i would say it's the superior drink uh and that's coming from a guy who's like addicted to coffee absolutely Um, same here kombucha definitely rivals definitely rivals for sure so uh, as we as we get into this, we let's start with just like a little bit about us. Will kind of like sh- 
give us a little bit of your background, like where you're from, wh- what are you doing in college, like uh, just and uh, maybe where you're headed. Yeah, so I'm from Louisville, Kentucky, uh, a larger city in Kentucky. Uh, it's closer to the Midwest, so I'm basically the capital. Base basically the capital. <laughs> We're much bigger than Frankfurt. Frankfurt's just where our governor lives and just does whatever he wants, I guess, right now. But uh, I'm from Louisville. I'm from city more so now. There, you know, the dynamic between me and where me and Kirby live is very different. Uh, the metro population of Louisville is 1.27 million, something I'm, like that. I'm looking it up right now. Uh, the Louisville population is only like 600,000. So 600,000 like in the city, but... The metro is it's much larger. The metro... Let's see. I remember we looked this up one time and it was like over a million. Yeah, one point... Yeah, there it is. 1.27 million in the metro, which is where LMPD can just pull up on you and be like, uh, we're here, and there's nothing you can do about it. We... I come from a... I went to a larger high school than a lot of the people that I go to school with now, and the dynamic is very different, but I love it out here. I've got more of a... It's more of a country vibe out here, but I really like it. I feel like I could live anywhere, and I'm glad that I'm living here because I've got great people around me. By here will mean East Tennessee. Um, much different than than Northern Kentucky in many ways, but also very similar in many ways. Yeah, I mean, it's still the American South. I mean, you know, I can get grits in Louisville. I have access to grits. Okay. There, there are trucks that you'll see. <laughs> you know, the trucks may not be hauling anything, and they might be little Ford Rangers and all those little Subaru truck things, you know what I'm talking about? Maybe those. Subaru has a truck? Yeah, it's like a it's got like a bed on it, but it's like on a station wagon platform. Subaru truck. It's pretty gross. Subaru Baja? Yeah, you might see some Bajas <laughs> oh, on UFL's campus. Not a uh, truck. It's nice though. Maybe some H maybe some uh, SSRs, some HHRs. Ah, uh, that is. No, it's That's kind of where I'm from. I I'm a city That's so gross. I'm a city slicker. If you drive an HHR, sell it. <laughs> yeah. All right, continue. Yeah, I'm a bit of a city slicker, so when we go out and do outdoorsy stuff here, I'm, I don't take as kindly to it, but the boys drag me out, and we have a good time. Kirby, why don't you tell the folks a little bit more about yourself? I'm a East Tennessee native. I mean, I, I, spent a, I was born in Ohio, spent a couple of years in Ohio, but I'm an East Tennessee native from Knoxville. Um, kind of lived here for most of my life, so East Tennessee is uh, familiar to me. Uh, I love the mountains, love the Smokies, uh, I love going going hiking and stuff like that. Um, in school, I'm studying uh, ministry. Uh, I have a second major in biblical languages as well, which includes ancient Greek and uh, ancient Hebrew, the languages that the original manuscripts of the Bible was written in. And so I'm studying those in hopes of one day becoming a military chaplain. Um, 
more, more than likely the Air Force um, because I enjoy air conditioning and street lights. Absolutely. So that's exactly... Those are actually probably the reasons why I'm choosing Air Force over Army. Wow. Um, wow. No, I'm, I'm totally joking. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, enjoying, enjoying time in, in college. I'm a junior, and Will, you're a sophomore? I'm a sophomore. So, but that's academically. A- athletically, um, I'm s- still a sophomore. And I'm still running cross as a freshman. True. So, COVID year kind of messed everyone's uh, uh, timeline up. So I have, well, and I was actually injured last year for a little bit, so I didn't get to run indoor. So I have an entire fifth year of eligibility um, open to me. So master's degree, here we come. <laughs> what a flex. Yeah. Will, yeah. What, are you, what are you studying? I'm studying film in school right now. You know, you might... Might be a director of photography, might have a sweet editing job. I might also just make wedding videos. You know, you never know how life's going to cut you a slice. So I'm just trying to get a good piece at the table. Yeah. So we are, as being di- from being distance runners, we've taken a lot of time to see what's going on around us. And now we... We decided to make a podcast because a lot of what running is talking about now is directed towards what the game is like, what Bowerman's doing, a lot of the clubs out there, a lot of, even less so about gear, just more about like who's who and what's what. Uh, When the Olympics were going on this year, everybody was talking about that for a super long time, and we're just trying to do something a little different, you know, no shade to, to Grant and the boys and anybody else that has a podcast but it's just trying to do things a bit different take our own have our own spin on it yeah and i realize that uh a lot of listeners probably don't even run and so this is more it's just going to be more like running is is what we do but it's not who we are and so uh there's going to be a lot of different things here um that we're going to talk about and enjoy and just make make it through this process together, you know. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> so, with that being said, <laughs> <laughs> we, with that being said, we actually had our first race last oh, Friday. Um, it was a five k, and uh, we'll kind of just walk through like your like the week lead up into the race like how are you feeling where was your like just what what was going on so basically what had happened was i've had pretty hard training week like the last the week before this past week was a really hard training week yeah to kind of put it into like perspective like we beginning of august basically we oh we were informed that we were getting a new coach and so we basically started a brand new training program with this new coach the week we moved on to campus. So we've had three weeks of training under this new coach. And uh, for a lot of us, it's been like a hard transition to like new training, but also harder training and more structured training. And so, yeah, trying to, to get ready to like 
race in that short of time is kind of hard uh, to do that. But yeah, so like with the knowledge that like new coach, new training, trying to adjust. Absolutely. Yeah, so the the week of training has been difficult. It's not even from a mileage standpoint. It's just the types of workouts that we're doing are very strength-based, and I'm not a very strong guy. Yeah, so, I mean, um, the paces are quick. Yeah, paces it's, are... it's very fast, and a lot of it's I'm not as strong as I would like to be now, just physically, strength-wise. Yeah. I think that I'm, I'm, my body's great for endurance. We, we hit a couple long runs. We've done a couple long runs since we've been on campus, and that's when I feel my best. So I know it's not... Like, I didn't put on miles this summer. It's just the raw strength of being able to go lift and doing other things. So I've started lifting again with the team, and it's starting where I'm at and trying to get stronger and ready for races. Now, our race from two days ago, I I can't tell you what happened out there, dog. i got to be honest. (laughs) That was an F in the chat. You know, I, I've, I, that is the slowest that I've ran since before I could drive legally. So, so I mean, I don't, I don't know what to tell you. I haven't ran that slow since I was like 16 years old. So, yeah, I mean, it was a hard course. Um, the, the footing was off in places. I mean, off is kind of an understatement. I'm looking at like the, uh some of the results right now. Um, as a squad, I think we did decently well. I mean, I definitely wish we would have done better, at least from a personal standpoint. I wish I would have done better. I think we can all probably say that, whether it's um, warranted or not. But I don't know why I'm on our rival team's page when I should just be on my page. But... Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of with you, Will. Like, it was. It was kind of hard to like bounce back from all the training we've been doing and try to recover quick enough to, have like a quality race, um, with just like two workouts and and uh, all the. Uh, the weightlifting we've been doing, for me right. the the weight the getting in the weight room has been like the most the hardest part to like recover from. Because, like, I've been doing running workouts since I was, I don't know, like, 15. So, yeah. like, for, for six years I've been doing running workouts weekly. And so, like, I'm used to that. But I haven't been in the weight room that much for that, that last six-year period. So it's it's been a hard transition. And, I'm, I mean, I'm a naturally, like, more muscular. Like, I'm on the heavier side, I would say, for a distance runner. Yeah. But for some reason, it's just the weights just hit me differently and I can't like recover as quickly as some of the other guys on our team. A lot of the guys on our team are big though. Like everybody on our team, all the Americans, my roommate is from the Netherlands and he is our fastest guy right now. But all of our teammates played high school basketball, except for me. If you were American, you played high school basketball. For the most part. Um, One of our guys was going to try to play college basketball for our school and it didn't end up working out, and we have him now, and he's a stand-up guy. I really love him to death. But we now we're kind of noticing where our strengths are, where our weaknesses are, and we've got some things to tweak. We have three weeks until our next race. 
So I'm just going to use that time to recenter, figure out what I did wrong strategy-wise, because I think I just made some mistakes with racing. I, I think that I'm much stronger and faster than what I've ran like. But, you know, I have to actually put up those times to say that. So it's going to be more like shutting up and putting up and figuring out what I've done wrong and fixing it in the race. Yeah, I mean, we've been training hard, so it's not like any surprise that it didn't go as well as, uh, as, well as we wanted to. But, I mean, all in all, I mean, here's some, like, race recap videos on our on our website, but, and I just realized they put me on the, the cover for... Oh, big man. The, big that's man. when I had short hair. Look at that. That was when you had really short hair. Wow. Yeah, that was a uh, conference. Well, to me, you still have short hair. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you've got... Been growing out my hair for four years now. You've got hair down to your sh shoulders, and it's curly. If it were straight, it's, your hair would be really long. It's much longer. My hair goes... About down to my nips. Your hair would be straight. Oh, okay. Mind the expression. Nice. But uh, it's real. It's real long. It's part of it. Well, we'll see how we'll see how things go. In three weeks, we end up running in Louisville, in my hometown. Uh, that's not too far off, and I get to see my family. You know, I'm one of my family members is racing. My little sister in is racing in Louisville. No, she's in the college. Yeah, that's right. The same race we're she in. She runs NAIA. Uh, yep. She will be in Louisville, and all of, a lot of my past teammates, all of my past teammates that are still running in college will be there. And I think that that's really crazy to think about. You know, a big reunion run. Hopefully we can get a nice pick and kick it and get our, our coach out there. I'm really looking forward to that race, but... I've been thinking about this race since I was a freshman in college, so now, if I, you know, I've got some pressure on me to do well, I've really got to show up on my home course. Yeah, I mean, thankfully we have an 8K before then to uh, feel what it's like to run fast for 8,000 meters. Uh, 8,000 meters is just under 5 miles, it's 4.97 miles, so just imagine going out and running 5 miles as fast as you can, and uh, that's what we do, that's what we do almost on a weekly basis. That is what we do. And then uh, for our regional meet, we'll end up doing a 10K. 10K. So, yeah, run over six miles as fast as you can. I think it's a 6.2, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. Yep. That'll be that'll be a lot of fun. That'll be a doozy. Put it put it this way. If you go onto a track, like go to your high school track or, or whatever, find a track, and just go around it 25 times. 25. That's, that's a 10K. That's our regional distance that we race and so and 10k on the track is a sanctioned event it is an event that gets run a lot yeah it is an event that gets run at conference i didn't choose how long the regional meet was but they it, yeah that's how long it is i don't know why it's a different distance than what we run all season but hey i mean that's a question for the sack for the ncaa yeah yeah anyways so, yeah, good good first race. The, our first race was a 5K. Um, it wasn't an 8K. So it was my first 5K since 2018. In, uh, same. I mean, same here. In regional, in the region of... Uh, well, I guess mine was know, 2019. 2019. 
Do you yeah. run a five k like a? Well, I guess not a race. No, because cross country was in the, uh, in the fall. So. We. Like if cross country's in the fall, and then in the spring is twenty nineteen when I graduated. That was track season. Right. So, right. Right. Twenty eighteen. It's been three years since I've run five k. Over uh, two years, almost two years since I've just ran a cross country race in general. It's been two years since my last cross country five k. Yeah been a long time i did run the 5k during track season so yeah i mean you did run a 5k on the track but something about that just seems different it seems like a different race i think i'll be taking 5k on the track over cross i hate to say it but <laughs> i'll take the 12 and a half if it doesn't mean that i'm running in a cow field yeah yeah straight up cow field Qu- quarter pounder with cheese yeah <laughs> a so, lot of a lot of running is like that, though. You you learn how to be tough, and if the conditions suck, they suck for everyone else. So you, you just got to throw it all out there and see what happens. And that's something that I'm, I've am i forgotten to, how to do, I guess. We'll see, we'll see what happens in the future. You know, I've got three weeks to work on it and then hit the course again and see if I can... Hit a flat course. We'll hit a flat course in three weeks. That's right. Very flat. McAlpine Park. It's also 8K, and I think that over that longer distance, I'll have a a flatter time, like a more consistent time. Yeah. So, I'm 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 excited to run the 8K. Yeah. I'll say, the weight room been making me sore, but I'm starting to like fill out a little bit, you know. Yeah. It doesn't take much. Yeah, doesn't take much. Get a little tan, a little bit of weight. September. You don't even need weights, dude. September you're already is. like getting. Bi- you're already like a big dude. Like, <laughs> like to me, bro. You probably weigh like what like twenty pounds more than me. <laughs> Just like with muscle, and we're the same height. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing for running. Probably. Well, probably not a great thing. You're hitting these reps faster than me, that's for sure. But also yeah. might be on me. I might need to just open up. I got lots of time to think about what I'm doing. You know, I've got lots of adjustments to work on. It's the beginning of the season. So for any of for any people that have ran across season or done any sport, you know that the first game, the first race of the season is a learning experience and it does yeah. nothing really matters until you get to conference or state if you're a high school runner or a high school athlete. Until you're at your big competition mark, it doesn't really matter. Everything else is a, an experience. Yeah, the first one's called a rust buster, because like you're, like you're just creaky and rusty, I guess. And so that first one just, like if you're, if you're like an old car, and like your axles are all kind of rusty, the first time you take it out on the road, you're busting up all that rust. So that's kind of what, like, the first race is, like, your your legs, like, your body's just rusty. You need to break all that up so you're, you're, you feel, like, loose and ready to go. So I think the, the, the next the next couple ones are going to be good. Um, we'll have some good races in the future. I, I have confidence that it's going to go well. So, Will, we didn't, yeah. even, we didn't even talk about what your uh, what your major was. What, what do you do? Oh, film... More specifically, right now, I'm reading books and writing essays, but it's 
My, well, no, I mean you're kind of working on film. Like, yeah, so I'm I'm shooting an indie this project. I'm shooting an indie this year. I am the gaffer on set. Um, that? Well, so you have. I feel like that's like a British insult. <laughs> gaffer is you a, gaffer. Gaffer is a term for like an old bloke, like an old man. But the gaffer in film has more to do. I'm basically the light technician for this indie film that I'm shooting. So I have to be on set. And working on a lot of the hands-on set uh, orientation, lighting, just making sure that you have an optimum shot. Because the problem with, you know, unless you're shooting an Instagram video where you're the focus of every single shot, you know, which don't even get me started on Instagram, man. Like, (laughs) content creators being narcissists, but, you know, what are we doing? (laughs) Yeah. But your art, kind of it my career path I'd like to be a director of photography or a cinematographer they're the same thing for those of you that don't know it's the creative mark of the shots in film and how you acquire that through camera positioning and shot shot sequences the individual shots themselves have direction and orientation that you want to follow it's very mathematical, believe it or not. It has a lot to do with geometry and a lot to do with all the way down to color, the way that you light it with color. Wait, can you tell me how it's very different? film has anything to do with geometry? So, yeah. It's a movie. I can, I can. So, believe it or not, your brain... It's a movie. Your brain, when you're watching a film... Whatever you have to say, my argument stands, it's a movie. It is a movie. Okay. But how do you think movies are made? With a camera. Yes. And no, what is don't go down. Don't start talking you about... You just started this. Don't start talking about camera lines and and direction and all that. It's it's art. Listen, if movie you... Is, movie is not math. Movie is art. Movie is math. <laughs> okay, can you what just do you, go? Okay, what do you think... Okay, so when artists draw, unless you're Picasso or an abstract artist, you follow lines of symmetry... And you follow direction, you follow well, yeah, templates. Yeah, because that's how life is. I mean, it's, and that is how movies are. Movies reflect the ethos that you find within life. So you're saying life is math? Life is math. No. Nope. Life is math. Life is not math. Life is math. I'm sorry. You can't calculate life. You can calculate no, a you good... No, you can't. You can't calculate a good movie, though. Well, a movie's supposed to reflect life. Yeah. So if you can... I, I, I think you, you need to notice that we're not arguing right now. Just... You're saying the same actually, thing that I'm are saying. Are we actually agreeing? We're actually agreeing okay. here. But movies follow, especially with cinematographers, follow lines and directions and math that reflect mathematical principles. So if you, as the, the viewer, are guided towards a, the center of a set of lines, towards what is called a vanishing point, then your gaze will be directed to whatever is between those points. Whereas, if it's not, then you'll find it to be asymmetrical and it'll be unappealing to the eye and it'll be distracting from the story. Yeah. And it can also help you, help guide you to where the director of photography or the director of the film wants you to have your attention towards. Uh, Good examples of this are in every, really just every major film, Marvel does this. Whenever they do character shots, 
that aren't like uh, the all the thirsty shots in Black Widow uh, at Marvel. You know, marketing one hundred. But come on, dude. Like we all knew what you were doing in that movie. <laughs> but it it's to keep the reader. It's to keep the viewer's attention towards the plot and to have an interesting storytelling element. So, as a director of photography, you want the shots to reflect the character's emotions, and you want the viewer's emotions to stir in a certain way to where you have compassion for said character or towards a said concept. Yeah. good example of this is in, like, The Joker. I love The Joker. Joker's an awesome movie, just in the way that it's shot. The cinematography in the film when it comes to red and blue light, conveys the Joker's slip into madness, as well as, you know, him playing Frank Sinatra, like, all the time, and not caring that he killed a bunch of dudes on a subway station. Spoiler! You know, that's at the beginning of the not, movie. Not really. If you haven't seen the Joker by now. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a slapper. That's yeah. a very small part of the movie. So, basically, what you're saying is, if you're... If you're a movie director that makes a bad movie you're a bad mathematician you have a bad director of photography or your photographer is a bad mathematician so does none of the blame go on the director the director has more to do with the director in a film is actually very different than the director of photography unless you're shooting an indie which sometimes the director does a lot of different so things if it's, a, if it's a movie why do you need a director of photography because there's a lot of different reasons for that. So that's a loaded question. No, I mean, I mean, I, mean, I get, I get if it were, like if you're a photographer, like you take pictures. The director like, of photography is just a line to say the cinematographer. It's the guy who designs the individual shots and then puts them all together, and then shoots them on the set. The director more so guides what the characters are doing, the actors, the concepts. The set, you know, they're the overall on-set designer to bring the film into fruition. But the department heads, like the director of photography, the set designers, you know, the actors, the acting coaches, all of them are what brings that vision together. The director just oversees that vision by the writers. The writers are where the vision is created and approved by the producer. So it's, it's not... People love to say, oh, like, Steven Spielberg wrote and, like, directed all these movies. Uh, Spielberg is, like, this director. But really, when you have, like, an individual director like Spielberg or like George Lucas or, like, whoever else, George Lucas is not a good example because George Lucas is the greatest indie filmmaker of all time, in my opinion, because Star Wars was an indie in the 1970s. Yeah. Uh, indie, indie films, I keep mentioning, are... Like, lower-budget films that are produced and edited by smaller staff that end up breaking out, sometimes into larger movies. If you've ever seen Whiplash, Whiplash started as an indie and then got picked up in Hollywood and produced into a big-budget film with, like, J.K. Simmons and all of them in the movie. But my it's, it's indie music, The Lumineers. Yeah, very, very different. The Lumineers. Yeah, yeah, but they started small, and now they're now they're big. Yeah, but they started indie, and but they they still want to call themselves indie, but not really. Indie's becoming a term for hipster now, at the same time. Yeah, in, so. indie hippie. 
but my, this is all a roundabout way of saying you need somebody that knows shot sequencing and math in film because sometimes your director may know how to bring a concept into fruition but not know how to get the individual shots looking good. And, like, the director of photography also has to know all about the focal length of the lenses, the aperture, the ISO, and the cameras. They have to know about lighting and uh, prop design. And every... Basically, the director of photography lines up the shots to make the individual frames look appealing to the audience, whereas the director is more concerned with, like... The storytelling element of it. I it's not you. about the visuals for them. So that's kind of what you want to... Your dream job is like director of photography. I would say, yes. I'd like to be on set and be like, oh, camera should be set up here to convey this emotion because having the character dead set in the center of the screen doesn't make any sense. You know, why would you ever shoot a film like that? Yeah. The only time that a character is in the middle of the screen in a film is when you're using deep space or you're using, you know, you're making them the focal point of a deeper image. And it, it's very rare that a character just sits in the middle of the screen. It's always either off-centered or it follows the rule of thirds. It's There's a ton of math in film. It's I got a, you. It's a roundabout right. way of You made saying. your point, man. I get it. It's, <laughs> movies, movies are math. Movies are math. Life is math. Whatever, <laughs> if you want to say so. We're sitting here in my room. I've got a single room. And we're sitting here, and I'm looking at my orange water jug. It's like a five-gallon jug, and I'm just reminding myself that I don't have any god water. Oh, god water. All right, so... More. I need some more god water. Last topic of discussion for the night. God water, because we're running out of time. God water, if you... So, it's pretty self-explanatory. I mean, you say Godwater, and that's, I mean, that's, that's what it is. There's a, a place close to campus that literally just gives you, that pumps water out of the ground. And at one point, like 60 years ago, one guy claimed it cured his, like, kidney cancer or something like that. It was, it was some kind of kidney or, disease. Or gallstones or whatever. Yeah. And uh, he got better. And so... I I promise you it's the most like hydrating, refreshing water you'll ever drink. It's absolutely amazing. And I'm I'm all out. I'm empty. Some people think that it's it's not real, but I mean I'm a believer. That water slaps. It's a certified slapper. It's good. It's like yeah. some of the cleanest stuff I've ever seen. Say sometimes has like a bluish tint to it. Yeah, but it's good. Don't miss. Yeah. Compared I, I to think like maybe the bluish tint is actually a good thing. Compared to, like, you know, the water that you get from the tap. I would rather it be have a bluish tint than a greenish tint, you know? Yeah, and there's not, like, a ton of sediments in there. No, I mean, it's... Whereas, like, like if you get water from the tap... Which comes straight out do, of the ground. Yeah. There'd be some, like, dirt in there. And that's and part of it. Like, if you're like not... a worm. If you're not... Or a snail. No. But it comes right out of the ground. No, not a worm or a snail. Do worms not live in the ground? Not from this... It's... It's pumped up, but it goes through, like, a filter, dude. It's not, like, the straight-up well water. Yeah, I'm just saying, I think it's kind of weird that a swarm has never, like, slipped through. It's There's filters on it and stuff. It's approved by the FDA. They've got tons of, like, certificates in the room. Oh, approved by the FDA. That means a whole lot. 
That means a whole lot. All right, dude. And with that being said, that is all the time that we have. With that being said. And with that being said, that's that's what, how we're going to end every every podcast, too. With that being said. With that being said, um, we're your host. I'm Will Cobb. I'm Kirby Logan. Hope you enjoyed Cross Training Miles. Yes, the very first installment. And we'll be seeing y'all in the next one.